For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. And welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and I haven't gone by Obi-Wan since, oh, before you were chunk. (laughs) Obi-Wan. And I'm Carter, and (laughs) these are not the hunks you are looking for. You are, though, if you think about it, the hunk that I'm looking for. Yeah. Why? It is I! (laughs) Because on this day, maybe on of this day... Of course I know him. He's I, me. He's me. My family might be mad that I don't remember. It's been planned out, but I can't tell you when. I just ride the wave. I'm going to Disney World. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're doing a lot of recordings, and I'm actually happy to do a night recording in Casa de Chunk about not a very scary movie. Yes. It's like the first time we've done this, and it hasn't been a scary Yeah, when we have to do movie. Two Chunks nights, it always lands on the real spooky ones. We're good now. Yeah, but, we're fine. Uh, guys, I'm going to be not only at Disney World... Galaxy's Edge, which for those of you that don't know, is basically the Star Wars land of Disney World. They own Star Wars, and this was a big part of the plan decades ago. And I'm so excited to be there. Uh, Chelsea and I, Chelsea, my wife, we have watched uh, a Freeform, which is former ABC family, which is also owned by Disney. Freeform had a documentary about Galaxy's Edge that was two hours long. Uh, I can't wait wait to be there. So... Um, you should be soon, maybe yesterday or today, following along with me uh, as I go to Galaxy's Edge. Two Chunks is going to be uh, sending some of that uh, experience to y'all. It kind of fell at a perfect time. Yes. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. Yeah, I also feel like your second most uttered phrase on this planet is, yeah, so I'm going to Disney World. Here's the thing. Yeah, that's true. The first time I went to Disney World, I was 27 years old. Oh, wow. Uh, on this coming Friday, no, not this Friday, next Friday, I'm turning 31. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in four years, this is going to be my sixth time. Yeah, yeah. So I fifth time to Disney World. I've been to Disneyland once. That's enough. Um, sure. My, no, there's in, no need to go back. In my opinion. But yeah, that, it's wild. But I, I'm very happy with it. I'm very excited. So yeah, Galaxy's Edge is where I'll be. And that kind of makes me hunky. It's just too perfect. I'm right? big, so, yeah. big jealous. Big, well, very big I know jealous. for sure we have a fast pass. I think it's a fast pass for... Smuggler's Run to where we will get to be in the life-size version of the Millennium Falcon. Oh, so I'll, okay. I'll be walking around in yeah. that. Oh, that, you know what? videos of that. It's weird. That cool. doesn't make me less jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Actually that only made it worse. Yeah, be I think it's pretty me. weird yeah, how that works. Excited, pretty excited for it. Um, That's so, amazing. Very happy so for you. Cool. Yeah. Just go live my childhood dream and tell me how that goes. I will. Thank you. You'll, he, you'll see it on Instagram. Follow Two Chunks and a Hunk on Instagram to get all that good content. Speaking of good content, Doge. 
We're going to tell them what we're watching. I'd first. love to do what, that. We're going to tell them what movie we're watching. I'd love to do I that. Tell them about that movie. Speaking of good content, let's remember our own. Sorry, I'm just so jazzed yeah, right dude, now. It's tough. I'm, I'm like really excited. Very scattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm scattered because the movie we're talking about is Star, Star Wars, Wars episode, episode four, four, A New, New Hope. Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, a point of order. Uh, and I'm trying really hard not to be the well actually guy, but I might accidentally be the well actually we guy. We need that for Star Wars, Wars though. Cool. You need that. Disney is not referring to these by their episode numbers anymore. Why not? Uh, they're pretty much just going by Star Wars colon A New Hope. It's or anything a circle. Like that. Episode nine is going to end with the birth of Anakin on Tatooine. I think and so. It's just yeah. Gonna be the, yeah, it's going to be referred to as the Star Wars cycle. Star Wars is a flat <laughs> circle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I think they're, okay. they're the episode numbers really don't appear ex- outside of the opening crawl. Do you think so. that's to bring some more? synergy to the fact that the Star Wars movies will never stop being made by Disney? I think so. Probably. So that I they don't have so. to be like episode 40, XLVII. Isn't, isn't it called Star Wars Rogue One or is it just Rogue One? It is it's Star Wars Rogue One. No, it's, it's Rogue, Rogue One colon a Star Wars story. Yeah. Oh, Solo, so Star Wars stories are taking, Wars taking right. the episode. Okay. Anyways, yeah, but if you look at the new, the new Blu-ray cover art that was just released, like everything's called Star Wars colon the Phantom Menace or Star Wars colon the Empire Strikes Back. Which, how do you feel about so. that cover art? I don't love it. I, I wish we could keep some of the Drew Struzan Why would you not just do the OG yeah, it's stuff? It's like the most iconic art. But I think that's because they couldn't get him back for the sequel trilogy. And so they had to make something that looks like it all goes together. Make we'll talk cohesive. about the sequel yeah, trilogy yeah, 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 in like yeah, a yeah, couple yeah. of weeks probably. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. We will definitely be talking about the sequel <laughs> yeah. trilogy. I would say almost 100% There's chance. no question about it. So before we jump in, um, I think it's safe to say that kind of across the board for the three of us, Star Wars is... Kind of the dream for us to be talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, speaking for myself, it is, I think, the earliest thing I was ever obsessed with. May, yeah, that might be me too. Maybe Spider-Man before it, but but probably I, not. I had... Um, I can't remember. I had A New Hope, this movie, on VHS. Mm-hmm. And um, when my aunt found out how obsessed I was with it... Mm-hmm. She gave me my very much older cousin's childhood VHS copies of the original trilogy Love to keep. It. And I remember I can see the worn edges out. of our copies yeah. right now in my head. Yeah, and, me too. And, and I remember being yeah. like, there's more? Yeah. Yep. It keeps going. I remember being so frustrated at the people that were bummed that Disney bought Star Wars. Yeah. That never was me. And that might have been you for a season, but I was like, why not? It, it was not, I, am I was not always bummed. about more of it. I don't yeah, care. I wasn't upset. Make more of it. I think people's idea was like, oh, they're just going to put Mickey Mouse in Star Wars. And it's like, mm, no, I, don't I think, think you know I how business think works. Maybe there's a scenario where you can dilute the franchise, certainly, but you can't dilute the OGs. Right. We're having this conversation about Disney many weeks too early for me to feel comfortable talking yeah, about we'll, it. Yeah, okay, we'll, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. That's we'll enough. Sorry, more sorry, to sorry. the meat of that, I think, eventually. Yeah, hopefully. Um, around episode seven. But my, my point here is that this is a series that is very dear to our hearts, so there's a lot of pressure right now. Yeah, there really pressure. is. You don't feel it? No. Really? Mm-mm. I do. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I, I definitely feel the pressure. Mm-mm. Interesting. Well, let's dive into that pressure with a synopsis from our oh, guys, friend. I'm so worried. I can't there it is. Anymore. Okay, there's the pressure. I thought I figured. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna uh, take a pause. Carter just vomed <laughs> and vomed again all over the studio in our ready. new gear. I'm ready. And into the new gear, Doge, would you deliver a synopsis for our ear holes? Yes. This week's guest synopsis was oh, written yeah. by J Welch 5742. J Welch. 
Thanks for Which, the grape juice. <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for that juice. Thanks for that grape juice, Jay Welch. Jay Welch, 5742, writes, The Imperial forces, under orders from cruel Darth Vader, <laughs> hold Princess Leia hostage in their efforts to quell the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon, work together with the companionable droid duo R2-D2 and C-3PO to rescue the beautiful princess, help the Rebel Alliance, and restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. I dig it. Yeah. Pretty good job, Jay Welch. Fair enough. So, is there a more iconic opening to a movie ever? This was the verbatim no. question I asked my wife when we were watching really? it. Really? Yes. And there it's, is no. not. She was like, it's not even... I can't even think of another movie opening. <laughs> right. Right? Can't. So, no. I say no. No, not even close. I mean, this this movie starts and is immediately iconic from I've the got, get-go. Yeah. It's going to be so hard to... Objectivity, man. It is. It's very tough. Yeah. It's very tough for this, yeah. Because I have the thickest nostalgia goggles when it comes to all things I just, Star Wars. Even, I'll, I'll say it now, like... I'm not super pumping yet, but even from the very beginning, Star Wars is acting as if it already knows what Star Wars will become. Right? And it blows my yeah, mind. It really steps does. into itself it, with such confidence. With that kind of, uh, John Williams, with that kind of gravitas from the first frame, yeah. yeah. It's like saying, it's like, like a boxer and it's giving you all of his accolades. He's it's, like the greatest of all time. You've never heard of him until now. And then he comes in and destroys everybody. Like it, It's Babe Ruth I, calling a shot. I cannot believe it. What a, like I'm going to talk about, and especially in the original series, probably over and over again, the unbelievable risk that George Lucas and, the, and everybody on board took yeah, for these yes, movies absolutely. and how it 100% paid off. Star Wars might be the reason that I'm an eternal optimist. It's like, well, maybe. Wow. You know, it's like, I'm going to, why not try? Because that, Star maybe, Wars made it. Maybe enough, right, which is right. kind of a silly thing to say, <laughs> yeah. right? But like maybe enough people are on board because who, who, I don't, what's the think tank for that group? Who says, let's do it? There is and like, all these people, well, not all of well, them. Well, there's the, there's that quote from George Lucas that's like, I, I wanted to set out and make a, a modern fairy tale fantasy story where good guys are good, bad guys are bad, good guys win, bad guys lose. And I think maybe that speaks to that kind of spirit of eternal optimism. Yeah. Like these are happy, happy movies. Yeah. There is an endearing naivete yeah. in the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. And, yeah, And we will have, obviously, plenty of times. I mean, we've got 11 weeks, which does not sound daunting at all. It sounds exciting. I wish there was more. Yeah, I'm very uh, 12 weeks, actually. No, 11. 11 weeks to take aside and talk about Star Wars as a whole. And I have right. no doubt it'll keep happening. But I, I really don't think... There is the term pop culture without this movie franchise. Yeah, this is sure. Legitimate. Oh, sure. yeah, absolutely. This is legitimate because I think, I don't know. I mean, this was one of the first movies that I can think of that characters were written more lines because enough people liked them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't. And we'll get more into that. We don't and have so, to do it all up front. Let me start here with a question. Yeah. Did y'all's moms have a lie they told you about stormtroopers? No. Wait, what? No. When I was a kid, my mom told me that the stormtroopers were robots and that's why it was okay that they were dying. Whoa. That's, <laughs> that's, so a, that I that's a really caring mom. So that I wasn't like, why are they killing people? No. I can't root for people that are killing people. My mom was like, they're all just robots. That's why their skin's white and like they're oh. like shiny. 
Oh, okay. I was like, so yeah, funny. interesting. Here, Fair. so my take from my parents, and I grew up in a home where my dad's a so like a Baptist pastor, right? Um, and has a really incredible outlook on life. I w- I could have a whole podcast about talking about how great my upbringing has been, and I'm very fortunate for that. But my parents were all like. For us, it was, this is the narrative. This is the Christ narrative. Right. Can yeah. you see? Yeah. Can you see? Like, throughout the whole thing. It's like, look at all, and I would get that so often. Lord of the Rings with Gandalf. Sure. Anytime someone came back, uh, Mufasa in the clouds, it was always like, hey, this is the Christ narrative. Do you narrative. get it? Do you get it? Do you see it? the Trinity? Yeah. Do you see all these things? And it was just like, oh my gosh. And for some reason, without getting super holy, like, a phenomenal story was integrated into most stories I watched that it made sense, right? It certainly sure. helps how mythic the scope of this yeah. movie is. And that's and that's why we have things like, when you talk about Star Wars and when you analyze it, there's things like Joseph Campbell's monomythic structure and like the hero journey. Like that's that stuff's all going to come up when you talk about Star Wars. Yeah, things of course. Like, uh, to me, the thing that really pushes it over the edge into that epic like space opera territory is John Williams' score. Uh, which is not my super pump. Uh, and I'm going to keep talking so you guys don't have a chance to interrupt if it is your super pump so we can save that for later. Sure. But it's not my super pump. But uh, John Williams channels nothing so much as uh, a suite that was written about the planets, uh, not so much their cosmological structures, not the Greek and Roman deities that that they're named after, but kind of the horoscope types of ideas from them. Yeah. Uh, a suite called The Planets by a composer named Gustav Holst. I know Holst. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, this is, he, he really, I think, just sets the bar in terms of, like, we're going for this operatic, mythic, like... And that was his is, influence, you're saying, was Holst? Absolutely. Oh, I mean, awesome. listen listen to Mars, Bringer of War, particularly yeah. from that suite. Yeah. Like... Very Vader. Absolutely. Like, yeah. this is this is so clearly the tone they're going for with yeah. this, and it's incredible. And I think that's why they've endured in that way that your parents are able to talk yeah, to you and on, about. Yeah, sure. and on a more childish, like, level two, it feels so Peter and the Wolf. Yeah, it does. Like, Very so you much. can have this story without anybody talking, which it's, it's I, yeah. you're going to see, maybe we're drinking the juice or something, but like, 100% I are. know exactly what Leia's song is. Uh-huh. I know when it's Han. I know when it's Vader. I know when it's Luke. Like, I know when there's about to be a fight. I know if there's some mystery, like... Yeah. So so let's let's stay on John Williams for a second because um he he was going to be my super pump originally until I realized that until he blew it right <laughs> until I realized this music in Star Wars is so bad no <laughs> until I realized that if I made him my super pump once I would have to do it for every movie over and over again yeah. and ultimately I decided that my crazy move is John Williams is my super pump for Star Wars the series the end I mean if we want yeah, to do our valid. first ever two chunks lifetime achievement award right yeah lifetime it's John Williams, it's John Williams. Pump, Williams. It's, John Williams. It, it, we it's talk about him time. anytime we do a movie that he has yeah. written the score. We spend time talking about him. Yeah. We're going to come back to him more in this series, guaranteed. Probably yeah. in this very episode. The, 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 the what is it? The force theme mm-hmm. is my favorite piece of movie music. Not maybe, not ever, but close. Yeah. It is yeah. up there for me. Yeah. I mean, John Williams, without him, Star Wars isn't Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I think he is as integral to the story as anything else. Yeah. And you can't beat his creativity. The fact that even no. with the new ones, he decides to try and be new. Right. Even yes. though he's notorious for reusing old music in sure. other things. Sure. I, it's just that good yeah. that I don't care. It's like if you make a delicious sauce and then put it on another sandwich that you're going to serve to me. Right. Fine. It's fine. The it's sauce good works. Sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it's good sauce. Yeah. Why would I not want the sauce on the sandwich? Yeah. John Williams is That's the totally Valentina fair. sauce of the movie universe. Bingo, bango. And also, if I may, bongo. That's what I thought you would fair say. Enough, yeah. Hey, how about we talk about the I'd love to. <laughs> so we get the crawl, yeah, which is, 
I mean, where did that even come from? Doge, I feel like you're a bottomless well. Yeah, old cereals like Flash Gordon. Okay. Uh, so things from the 30s, which were a huge inspiration for Indiana Jones as well. Okay. Uh, these kind of serialized adventure stories would often begin with a big, long scroll of text so that if you missed the last chance your hero was in theaters before the newsreels of the boys in the trenches, then <laughs> you're caught up to date on his story, right? And so, right. so George opens his movie with this long crawl instead of traditionally like, Star Wars, and then like as the movie's starting, starring Mark Hamill and yeah. Carrie Fisher and right. Harrison Ford. So we you know can kind mean? of begin in media res without, but still knowing what's going on. Yeah, he saves all credits for the end of his movie, which is a huge, huge big deal. Even now, that's still a huge big deal. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And and we get the um, Imperial, it's a Star Destroyer, right? That's flying overhead. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, we get to watch that fly. Which, o- by the way, is my us. favorite designed ship in all of Star Wars. It's pretty yeah, awesome. I love the Star Destroyer. It's one of my favorites, too. And that's saying a lot, because we've got a lot of ships. We have a lot of ships. <laughs> a lot very of much. amazing ships. So we, another very Star Wars thing is the pan down to a planet or to the action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a distinctly Star Wars move. And the, the, uh, let me just take an aside again. Risk and the confidence, like the fact that he kept doing it, right? Yes, right. it helped that in 1977 he made a movie that made $750 million worldwide. Okay, that helps you have some confidence. Let's keep doing the good things that we're doing. Sure. But the fact that that is, that is what you do. But that's the called shot, right? I yes. Mean, I mean, after one movie he said, well, that's I've invented an icon. Yeah. Let's continue. Good grief. And no one believed in him, and he became a gazillionaire because of it. True. Unreal. And he's a goofy, goofy boy. Very much. Um, And kind of a side note, but it's important here because Star Wars influences culture so much, I feel like it's important to talk about it. Have you you ever watched either of you That 70s Show? Yeah. There's a whole plot line. Um, Eric, played by Topher Grace, who in real life is a huge Star Wars fan. Um, there's a whole plot line of when the first Star Wars movie comes out. Is it 77, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that 70s show, he goes and sees it alone in the theater. And um, it's just a shot of him in the dark in a theater seat. And then, and it just opens. Yep. His eyes go wide. <laughs> and then it cuts two hours later and the credits roll and he's just crying in his seat. <laughs> yep. And then the rest of the episode is him telling everybody, you got to see this movie. You got to see this movie. And like, isn't it though? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? a little fictionalized, but that's not that far off. Right. Yeah. That's how, and every time I return to the well of Star Wars, I'm like, who do I know that needs this right now? Did yeah. I tell who you about know hasn't seen it? when my mom first saw A New Hope? No. No. So because they happened to be, she was on her way to do a mission trip in the Philippines. My mom's a really gifted singer and was going to be singing with this group. Uh, and they had a layover for like four days in LA. So it just happened that they went to the Chinese theater oh, for opening cool. night for of A New Hope. Oh my goodness Whoa. gracious. And saw A New Hope at Chinese theater in LA. That is amazing. Unreal to That's me. That's unreal. Just stumbled wow. upon it, right? That happens. So, wow. So, uh, after we get the pan down to the action, the shot of the Imperial Star Destroyer flying overhead, yep. we Tra- jump Tra- into Tractor beams in the Tantive Four, <laughs> Vader in the boarding party. Yeah. I'm going to stop saying the word iconic because it's going to get annoying. But <laughs> yeah. Vader coming through, the boarding party, everybody getting shotted. And then we get our droids. We get. 3PO and R2-D2 running from the action trying to be safe because they've got the plans from Leia that need to be delivered to Obi-Wan. I think it's so fun that these are the first good guys that we see. Right. I forgot that. That Mm -hmm. It's the two droids. Yep. They just kind of magoo their way through most of this franchise, all of this franchise. There is a distinct presence of magooery 
mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, for sure. And it's something that I've realized I edit out in my head frequently. Yeah, I and do too. I make in my head I make Star Wars way more serious than it is. Yep. And then when I watch it, <laughs> I remember that it's like fun and silly and over the top and goofy. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. And in my head, it's like, it's this dark struggle between evil and good and who will rise above. No. Def- and then in the movies, it's like, unhand me. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. so. Speaking of which, oh, dear. have you noticed that every non main character in all of Star Wars talks like a 1950s radio host? Like, I mean, a huge influence on the stories is the serialized little movies right. from like the 30s. But so that's not that's surprising. Every stormtrooper is like, they're not down here anymore. Well, that's pretty pretty classic. <laughs> How like, about you? Pretty classic seventies <laughs> movie voice. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I love it, it just kills me because yeah. their voice is a radio. It's so yeah. everything is stormtroopers is like yeah. right away, sir. Yeah, yeah. no yeah. doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> oh man. Um, so at this point, what I would love to talk about is Luke because on the ship, Luke, it's it's some explosions. Mm-hmm. It's a pod that gets away, mm-hmm. and it's Leia in danger. That's yep. the highlights of the ship. Yep. And then we go down to Tatooine, which is a very important planet in the Star Wars universe. Sure. And a lot of that is revealed to us in later stories. So we're going to hang on to some of that information until that point yeah, and operate as though we're learning. Three months to talk. Right. About. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got our time. We got to take our time. But what we have on Tatooine right now is Luke. Because C-3PO and R2-D2 have been picked up by Jawas in their transport. Houdini! Yep. <laughs> right. And um, which Callie always is like, oh, I love when they take their hoods off. They're so cute. They look like teddy bears. And I'm like, nope, they those don't. are Ewoks. You're thinking of Ewoks. Whoops. <laughs> so there she are just a lot of fun little same height critters. That's true. Well, we got Jawas in this one. We got Ugnaughts in the next one on, on Cloud City. And yeah, then we got Ewoks. They're the ones that are telling her, on tearing apart the droids. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, um, what is it? Gonk droids, um, which are basically just moving trash cans. Those are about the same height and super adorable. No so. way. Gonk droids are way smaller. Gonk droids are the ones that are like a little, they look like a doorstop. Oh, they're, they're little, little zippy oh, rectangles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're little squeaky zippy that ones. Always oh, happen no, I'm to sorry. be. I'm sorry. That's an Imperial Mouse droid. A Gonk droid is about the same height. Yeah. It looks like a refrigerator. It's on an, it, yeah. There's one on the Jawa transport. There sure is. And so we get Luke. Luke is played by Mark Hamill, who I adore. And um, we get him uh, pre-facial reconstruction in this movie. He's a beautiful little boy, and he's not very great of an actor in this movie. I love Mark Hamill pretty much undyingly. Mark Hamill's my super dumb. Dude, he almost was mine. A New Hope. He almost was mine. This boy overacts. Oh, and it's man. distracting. I agree. When he says his lines, it takes me out of the movie. I oh, was going to go down to Tashi Station and pick up some power, power converters. converters. Like you're going to waste time with your friends boy. when your toys are done. Yeah. Such a whiny. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. He's, he's whiny. Real whiny. He didn't, there, there's not many things, if any, in Star Wars universe that have almost ruined it, right, for anybody, right? It's just too big of a cultural icon. But if he had, it was, he was almost so whiny that it's going to be hard to believe what he becomes. Right. Right? Yeah. It was yeah. like, a, it happened this fast? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're that, you're that cool three years. Now? There's three years. There's three years between, years between a new hope and empire. Like, and even then, does it feel like enough time almost? Well, a lot of, a lot of things change <laughs> in three years. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to defend it. <laughs> okay, so he is your super dump, though. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah I, Unfortunately, because I, I, I love Mark Hamill. Of I think course. he's a great actor and a great dude, but yeah. he, he was a baby at this point. He was point. not a great actor at this point. I mean, Luke, the character is 19. I don't know how old Mark Hamill was. Probably but, pretty close, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a baby. Um, so, at this point, we get the search 
for Ben Kenobi. Sorry, yeah. for Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. <laughs> There's so many. Like the yeah. Falcon, Han. Like there were so Princess many. Princess like, Leia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love it, it drives me crazy. I don't know how- It drives a, me crazy As a also. director, I don't know how you let that happen. Yeah. I think he also didn't know how he wanted everything to be pronounced yet. That's my guess. <laughs> but I want to get to Obi-Wan about right now. Yeah. Because- this is where things really take off in the Star Wars universe. This is where things start to come together. And it's when we realize that Ben, that old wizard, is actually Obi-Wan Kenobi, which I think is how George Lucas pronounces it. Yeah. Um, the fabled Jedi Knight. Yes. Which, what a freaking cool name oh for my goodness. Yes. Yep. A Jedi Knight? Come on. That is so good. That was cool before it was cool. Exactly. But before we get to that point, I want to talk about how terrified I used to be and still very much am of the Tusken Raiders because, oh my (laughs) goodness. Is there anything scarier? I love them. They're creepy. so cool. There's something about not being able to really see them. Right. But that sound is... Yeah, I got goose pimples when you. If even it were up it to me, now. I'd kill all of them: women, children, every single one of them. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> well, have I got news for you? <laughs> Not just the men either, which is crazy. So, sand people, sand people, they, they hit Luke. They hurt him. Obi Wan wakes him up. That's true. And something that Obi Wan does is he introduces Luke to the concept of a lightsaber. I mean, this was almost my super pump. It's my super pump. Okay, the Amazing. lightsaber. Okay. Amazing. Um, it, it feels basic and I really wanted it to be uh, something or rather someone else. And I'll get to that. Um, but when it boils down to it, the lightsaber is like childhood incarnate to me. The number of non-lightsaber endorsed items that I swung around pretending it was a lightsaber, the number of oh toy goodness. lightsabers I owned. I mean, yeah. a lightsaber is, if I could, if I had a genie that was like, you can own one fictional physical object, it's going to yeah. be a lightsaber, lightsaber for me. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And this was the moment I was introduced to that concept as a kid, and it still lives. As terrible as they look in this movie, as bad as the effect is, it is magical. So, so did you watch these in release order as a kid? Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Because episode one came out in 99, so we were five. I So I watched this movie. I bet I was three years old when I became wow, obsessed okay. with this movie. I yeah. was 11. So I definitely did. I was not a release order boy. Yeah. I was a one, two, four, five, six, 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 one, two, right, three. Yeah. I was, I was, four, five, six for you because I, I didn't see one in theaters. The first Star Wars movie I saw yeah. in theaters was Attack of the Clones. Same. Um, wow. And so because I was just not old enough to go to the I theaters, a, I was that a kind babe. Of I was a wee babe. I remember getting goosebumps seeing the poster of Anakin on Tatooine in the shadow of Vader. Oh my goodness. Yeah. See, that's you know when I you're walking into on. the movie lobby and it's giving yeah. you all the tease, the super tease uh-huh. that you don't get till you get there. Well, especially in 99 when there were no <sighs> there was no YouTube to just watch trailers Man, a thousand dude. times. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just yeah. different. Anyway, sorry, huge aside, but we get the lightsaber. Oh man, yes. And uh Luke almost kills himself with it on accident by yeah, looking the directly thing he does into the barrel. Point it right at his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Which so. I mean, hey, I didn't so, know what it was either when I first So we get true. this speech from Obi-Wan right after this. Uh, I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. We fought in the Clone Wars. Uh, he was a great pilot and a good friend. Uh, he was betrayed by a young pupil of mine before he turned to evil. Darth Vader, all of that stuff. This is, to me, emblematic of my super pump, which is the world building of this. Yeah. 
Like we have this movie, and, and part of it is the confidence that this movie just shows up with, where we That's have it. this yes. such a good word. old space wizard talking, saying all of these nonsense yeah. words, and somehow it's very cool, and somehow it has fueled nearly fifty years of additional storytelling after the fact. Right, I, I, I couldn't as watching oh, well, these 42, movies. Well, forty-two, not nearly fifty. I couldn't I take stretch, my, but. I couldn't put myself there, and it, it makes me a little bit sad. But I couldn't put myself in the place of like seeing it for the first time. Yes, right? I saw it for the first time, but there's something in my Spirit that said this had existed before I knew about it, right? Right. Yeah. But it's it's wild. So much of it is watching like, it at its on earth. You know, its birth. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy to me how much of this movie just we talked about it a little bit with Pirates of the Caribbean. How much yeah. of that was just invented whole cloth? Yeah. I think this is in a complete other no pun intended galaxy than yeah. that of just like it's like is, Star Wars just is. It is. It was like something that already existed, and George Lucas was like, "You guys don't know about this, right?" Yeah. But it's it's. It just is there. It springs immediately into being. From the beginning, unfolds. Star Wars you know, feels like we're being told about something that has actually been passed down for a long time. Yeah. Yes. And I, I don't know what narrative I put in my head of it being like it gained popularity long after it came out, that which is such a lie. Because, I mean, yeah. it didn't make... Did you know A New Hope of the original trilogy made the most money by like $200 million? That's crazy. Wow. Did you know how many Oscars A New Hope won? Zero. Six. Whoa. Six? I thought it was Zero. A New Hope won six Oscars. Wow. So all of the technical stuff. Sure, uh, yeah. And then I don't think it won, but it was nominated, I think, for for original screenplay because of the story building. That's why I brought it up because it's yeah. just like, where did this come from, dude? Like, what is going on? Right. How did this happen? That's super cool. And speaking of super cool, an, as another aside, there's a video, I think it's called uh, Obi-Wan Remembers. It's a fan-made video put together of this speech that he delivers to Luke talking about Anakin and all of these different things with edits from the prequel trilogy set to some really great music. Cool. It's actually very impressive. Um, so if you find yourself being like, I need more, do that. Yeah. Yeah, this speech becomes a lot more emotional once you watch the prequel movies, once you watch through the Clone Wars animated series and you you understand who Luke's father is and right. how he's talking about him and what he's saying about him. It's just incredible. It's really incredible world building. I think throughout the movie that really kind of finds its center in this speech from Obi Wan. Yeah. And let's let's give credit where it's due. Alec Guinness is crushing this. You know he hated, he hated it. He yeah. hated he these. Yeah, he did hate these. But that doesn't matter yeah. because he really is. Yeah, he's great. delivering. Here's the in thing these too, because most of the screen time he shares is with Mark Hamill at a twenty years old. And yeah. here's the thing: right. he's also probably the. A list guy on the list of of doing like yeah. one of the only really well known people in the cast. So it was like, of course he was going to do well. I yeah, mean, he's absolutely. also theatrical, right? Is he normally like a Shakespearean stage, Shakespearean yeah. stage yeah. actor? Yeah. So it would be like Kenneth Branagh, right? Being yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi the first time we ever saw That'd him. Be pretty so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. He is so good. And uh, speaking of so good, we've got some dope things to move on to. Yeah, but yeah. before we do that. Even though we're not very far into this movie, we're going to take a quick stop over to Shout Announcements to pick up some power converters. <laughs> Welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout-outs and make Andy announcements. I got a good one for you. Tell us. Hot off the press. <laughs> this is going to be a shout-out to Tyler Station. That's where we are right now. Here we are. Recording our podcast. Thanks for letting us use your space. Yes, yes, yes. Also want to give a shout out to Crumb and Kettle. We're not sipping right now because you're closed. We're thinking about it. But we wish we were. We are. Bummed that we're not. Hugely bummed that we're not. Also, shout out to podbean.com because we pay them money and we put Put stuff stuff on on them. It's It's mostly mostly our our podcast. podcast. 
That's, That's podbean.com. Podbean. And I'd love to give a shout out to Story Shape Life. Uh, we are, uh, I don't think I'd call it sponsoring, but uh, as you start to listen to Story Shape Life when it comes out, um, at the very beginning, you will hear one of our voices as we begin to talk about yes. uh, different movie clips representing certain emotions. Emotions being the theme of this season of Story Shape Life, nine episode. Uh, maybe they'll have an extra, but it'll be on for a couple of months. Uh, would love for you to give that a listen when it comes out. Uh, and it's enough of a big deal that we keep uh, pitching it before it exists. But Story Shape Life, love it. Also, our famous is going to happen soon. And we're really very excited Very that. soon. Also, speaking of famous, I'll probably be famous after I go to Galaxy's Edge. That's true. And become a Jedi myself. Uh, and if you want to see that, are you it'll gonna do, be... Are you going to do that lightsaber thing? I can't, dude, it is... Maybe I'm discovering how much of a... A, maybe an adult or a Star Wars fan that I am. It is too expensive for me. I think i rather buy 200 churros. Those churros are not a dollar. You're out of your mind. i rather buy... 100, I'd rather buy three churros. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Than a lightsaber. It's only $200. Think where, about this. Hey, think about this. A lightsaber is an eternal churro. You're going to put That's the lightsaber amazing. in your office. No, I'm not. Yeah, you Why are. Why not? No. I'm sorry, guys. I want to give shout outs to listeners who sent in pumps and dumps. That would be listeners Brennan and Dillman. And listen, I read what you guys wrote. And I know you're the kind of guys who aren't afraid to put a lightsaber in your office. So maybe. You should come be on. Is Dillman going to? Yep. Okay. And he's not doing it either. I don't feel like you can even know that. I do know that because <laughs> his younger brother, also my brother-in-law, has been pleading with us to do it with him because he's not being allowed to do it by himself. Sounds like that's the guy I want to hang out with. Yeah, that's my boy. Well, Nolan, shout out to you from Two Chunks. <laughs> they love you the most. Make sure you tune in next week when we talk about. Wait, we want you to guess. Just kidding. It's obviously right. Empire Strikes Back. Empire right. Strikes Back. Come yeah, on, you obviously. Did it. You nailed it. We're very excited mm -hmm. to talk about that movie and to continue our Imperial March through the Star Wars saga. And here's the thing. If you don't like Star Wars or want to listen to it, we'll see you in 2020. That's very true. That's <laughs> a good point. Love you very much. See you next year. <laughs> and that's the end of that. Hey, rate and review. We're back. We are. That was a good one. So I want to remember, um, as we're talking about everything on Tatooine, mm -hmm. remember that Leia is in peril and that her home planet is being threatened. Yeah. It's a peaceful planet. Yeah. They're going to blow it up if she didn't give them the, where she sent the plans. It's true. And uh, by the way, she gives them a fake answer and they still blow it up. So they're, they're those guys, they're tricky. They outsneaked her. I've always said that they're tricky. Yeah. She sneaked on them and they snuck right back. There's one thing about the Empire and it's that they're tricky. And speaking of tricky, yep. those dang stormtroopers. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. So, which they're not. That's a lie. Which My is funny. super dump. Oh. I'm going to do it now because this line came up and it made it stand out even more. Woo wee. This is ridiculous. Somebody needs to be hit by a bullet. This yeah. is ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. I can deal with James Bond, but there's a lot of red lasers flying around, yep. and ain't nobody good getting hit. Again. But they hit Leia the, with their first shot when they set it to stun. Yes. Well, but it's like a shotgun blast. It's like wide. It's like wide this angle. This is 
And here's the thing. Part of the culture of Star Wars is everyone who watches it now assumes it's okay. No one's going to get hit. But I don't know why. I had a problem with this in New Hope. Sure. It's It's, it's the most egregious here. We get dozens of stormtroopers yeah. at a time trying to hit one six-foot-two man in a vest. Yep. Going onto a giant ship. You can't do it? Yeah. Speaking of six-foot-two men in vests... Yes. We're going to Moss Eisley because uh, Uncle Ben and Aunt Beru have been killed pretty gruesomely, Bro, by the way. And Luke, up. hey, Luke doesn't care. I know. I think he cares, <laughs> just almost not at all. Luke does not they care. They got burnt up, dude. It's and pretty Luke's, horrendous. Luke's first thought is, my aunt and uncle sure got crispy. I'll go with you to Alderaan. Finally, nothing's keeping me here. Yeah. Which is pretty crappy, It's pretty Luke. distant. It's yeah. pretty distant. But they go to Moss Eisley. And as they show up, we get our first taste of the Force. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. the mind trick. Actually, our second taste of the Force, because Vader's already choked that one dude. Yep. And, um, you know, these aren't the drugs you're looking for. That whole thing. And yeah. we get into the Moss Eisley Cantina with the most famous band in the galaxy. <laughs> once a week stuck in my head. No joke. Yep. Really? Uh, That's once funny. a week stuck for in my head. For me, it's I the second it. song they play. Oh, Not really? Yeah, the second one gets stuck in my head all Interesting. The time. That's amazing. Once we get into the cantina, which, by the way, is apparently uh, the greatest hive of scum and villainy. I mean, talk about world building, though. Yeah, for real. This is another confident risk. They just kind of, it's, I feel like it's the scenario of like when people created Pokemon. Yeah. It's like, let's get this big bingo-like cage with all these balls in it. And you pull it out and you were like, slimy face. Yep. They're just counting on you to catch up. Furry arms. And buy it. It's like, nope, this is all one person. Yep. But love it. When they get in, one of the first things that happens is that somebody doesn't like Luke. And I don't like you either. Yep. And that dude gets his arm cut straight off. And it bleeds way more than any other lightsaber wound in the other eight movies. Correct. (laughs) Because they hadn't decided that lightsabers cauterize wounds yet. Yep. Yep. Um, But then we get the bad boy himself, the space outlaw, a man among men, Han Solo. Yep. Who There's was lot, almost my super pump yeah, for this there, movie. There is a lot of uh, movie character lists in the world where Han Solo is above Vader. Yep. In terms yeah. of iconic. Absolutely. And this is Harrison Ford. That is why. He, yeah. he, he is for me. Oh, my goodness gracious. Is, okay, Doge, as a Spielberg guy yes, sir. and a Star Wars guy, yes, sir. is Harrison Ford more indie than Han to you? He's more Han because he was Han first. And okay. he initially wanted to turn down the role of Indiana Jones because he was like, I don't want to be just George Lucas's go-to guy. Yeah. Like I, I wanted Burt Reynolds to do it, but they wouldn't let him out of Magnum P.I. <sighs> Tom Selleck, not Burt Reynolds. Tom yeah. Selleck, yeah. Thank goodness. He's got, the here's the thing, Harrison Ford, he was almost my super pump too. Yeah. Exudes the kind of confidence this franchise holds. Very much. Han yeah. Solo is the manifestation of what Star Wars believes itself to be. He comes on the scene and is and is just just there brash 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 living his life doing what he wants and it felt like every single thing he did was one take i feel like i feel like Harrison Ford was just like this is how i'm saying it it feels like every time he finished a line and the camera turned off he was just like crushed it and walked yeah. off <laughs> so he <laughs> absolutely nailed it and this is a a point of contention that we will get to months from now in fact the week before we re- review rise of skywalker this is the moment when Han Solo's story begins. 
this is the moment when he begins to arc from somebody he was to somebody that he is. Yeah. It doesn't begin before this. Yeah. He his story begins right here. Yeah. Right. Everything else would be considered background info. Right. Yeah. We don't need to know that stuff sure. because the th- important thing about Han Solo is what he becomes. He chooses because of right his now exposure in this to Luke and Ben. Right. Yeah. And um, speaking of the things that Han does, there's a pretty. So I own all of these movies on Blu-ray. That's how I'm watching them. Yeah. Currently, the only way to legally own them on Blu-ray is the George Lucas edit, which yeah. means that in my version, Java, Greedo's shooting. Well, and there is a there's also a bad Jabba scene that was cut. There's a bad Jabba scene. There's a, there's several bad edits that George Lucas was like, I think it's pretty sweet, and it's not. So, except for the ship stuff, which is cool. In order to make everything more cohesive with the prequel trilogy, uh, George Lucas, around the time that these were coming to VHS and coming to DVD, he went and added a bunch of CG. So that's why we really start to notice it when we get to Mos Eisley. And in my memory, it's most egregious here, most egregious on Cloud City in the next one, and most egregious with the blinking Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. Agreed. Uh, on all of the things you said. But it sticks out like a sore thumb. It has not aged well. It looks like a computer game from 1997. Like, yes. This and this whole thing with Greedo and Han is a prime example of stuff. Of just so like changing stuff. George Lucas's edits would have been my super dump, except I just choose to ignore them. So, same. There's that. But in George Lucas's world, Greedo shoots not even first. It's almost at the exact same time as Han. Shoots the wall. Yeah. yeah. Well, because Han Solo, Harrison Ford, was digitally leaned. Like, they went in and leaned him with CG. So he dodged the blaster shot. Why? But Han shoots first. Yeah. yeah. That's canon in my heart, in my soul, and in the Star Wars universe. So with Disney purchasing Fox, there's rumblings of, hey, now that they own Fox, they own the original please, film masters please. of the unedited, unedited versions. Please. There's talk that they're going to release those on 4K soon, but that has also been a rumor since 2015, I would, I would love to see if those make more money than the re-release, whatever the other thing was. I think there's a chance. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. But anyway, Han shoots first. That's the end of that discussion for me. We get a bad Jabba scene where he steps on his tail that we don't need at all. And True. Then, and then we're off for all And then purposes. we're off. Yeah. And, and speaking of off, we are introduced to what I will always call the character, the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium oh, Falcon yeah. is one of the top inanimate object characters of all time. Yeah. It's almost as much Star Wars as lightsabers to me. Yeah. Absolutely. We also get Chewie. We didn't talk about Chewie. George, yeah. George's inspiration for oh, Chewie is his border collie, yes. Indiana, uh, who was also the namesake for Indiana Jones. So I love cool. I love Chewie. Um, I think it's maybe an appropriate time to say we lost Peter Mayhew this year. Yeah. Mm. Um, not We're not breaking any news here. Everybody knows this. But that's just very sad. He was such a sweet guy and yeah. really leaned into the role of Chewbacca, really yeah, leaned into the world of Star Wars. He was an awesome dude. Yeah. Um, and Chewie is great. So much personality from what effectively is a huge border collie. It's bear and walrus sounds I, that he's making. Okay, as, that's as, fun. As a lover, that's so cool. I didn't know that. As a lover of communication, communication professor, I love that two of our most iconic characters in this series don't talk. Right. R2 and Chewie are just inflection. That's all they are. There's that but part you of me. know them. Yeah. I, have, I am somehow emotionally connected to two characters that don't speak words. Maybe the most, can, like, in terms of pulling your heartstrings, do two characters pull them more than R2 and Chewie? Well, and just sheer screen time. Well, and, an, and, and, and a level of innocence that they both have to an extent. I love, I would love to hear, I wonder if there's something out there written about those two and what, 
like the connections might be between the two of them as the only characters that iconic that don't speak at all. I, I love them so much. Yeah, that's really great. There is the grown-up rational part of my brain that has a problem with the language that Chewie speaks, where mm-hmm. it's like, you're clearly not, like, that's not a different sound than you just made. That's the it Tolkien mean, fan in you. Exactly, Who yeah. actually invented Right, like, that's languages. not a yeah. language. Those are just sounds. Yeah, but, it's, tough. it's hard, to, yeah. hard to believe. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think you're just making fun of Chewbacca now, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's valid. <laughs> so on the ship, we get a little training scene of Luke learning a little bit about the Force from... Um, As a kid, that blew my mind. Yeah, same. The floating ball. I was like, yeah. what on earth? How, yep. How is this happening? This is amazing. Um, and we get some, some fun poked at hokey religion uh, yep. from Han. <laughs> and then we are under attack and drawn in by a tractor beam. Mm. To the Death Star. Mm. Yep. That's and it no is moon. no moon. It is, in fact, a space station. Who named the spaceships? Bravo. Who named these ships Star Destroyer, yeah. X-Wing, Y-Wing? Like, that's story building, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you have this, and this was a Lord of the Rings kind of thing, too. Most yeah. of the, the best fantasy or sci-fi epics have created their own history and their own world. And that can be done bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Absolutely. they didn't. So this is one of those things, the names of the ships, like X-Wings, Y-Wings, A-Wings, B-Wings, all of those. Uh, TIE Fighter is so named because it stands for Twin Ion Engine. Um, so it's an abbreviation like that. But those things are, they to me, that kind of nomenclature falls into the same category as the line in Lord of the Rings when they say, looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. And when you hear that line, you say, hmm, somehow these orcs know what a menu is, which means there must be restaurants in Mordor, which means that this orc must have tried to figure out how much to tip his server at some point in his life. <laughs> yeah. In Star Wars, their alphabet, their language, Galactic Basic, is Arabesh. There is no A, B, X, or Y. There is no T, I, or E. And the words twin, ion, and engine certainly don't start with those letters. And so this is one of those things where you have to assume, okay, these are being translated into a language that we can understand, right? right? And that's, to me, that's like a further, like... That's so freaking... Eh, that doesn't really work. That doesn't really hold up sure, in the sure. same way that Chewie's language doesn't hold up. But it doesn't get in the way unless I think about it too much. Yeah. yeah it's cool that you're such a big nerd. Super I nerd. honestly love it. No, I do nerd. too. We talked about I it last too. week. <laughs> I'm just making fun of my boy. <laughs> um, and on the Death Star, the so appropriately named ship, we get... A lot of, uh, sh- I guess, shenanigans. Hootenanny, maybe? Yeah. Would be a good way of putting I it. Think, yeah. Yeah. Intergalactic Hootenanny. That was sure. the working title for this movie, actually. So is TK421 burned into either of your brains like it is mine? Yes, sir. Nope. Um, the serial number of the stormtrooper that Luke puts on the uh I thought that armor was of. The, the, like, prison count for Jean Valjean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm not on the same TK421, do you copy? TK421. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to skip over some of the stuff that isn't extremely pressing, I think, such as they steal, they knock out some stormtroopers, they put I on mean, their armor. I mean, let's assume that everybody in the whole world has seen this movie. That's kind of where I'm operating from. This. So let's, I think it's probably okay to jump ahead to the trash compactor, the rescue of Leia, and then Ben and Vader's duel. I agree, but before the trash compactor, I do just want to point out one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars is I'm fine, we're fine here, how are you? From yeah. Han Solo. Solo. Yeah. Very good. And then he just shoots the microphone 
as wow. though that's going to fix yeah. everything. Luke, we're so going to have company. And that is Han. I mean, the shooting yes, of the Harrison microphone. Ford. Yes, very much. Yeah. Um, and then we get uh, Leia and all of her sass and attitude, which is just top notch. Hey, talk about risk. I mean, this is a strong female character. Oh, my. I absolutely adore the character of Princess Leia. Yeah. She is powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she has tons and tons of personality to bring mm -hmm. along for the ride, mm -hmm. including diving headfirst into the trash compactor, which is yeah. one of the scariest things Dude, I've ever seen as a child. That's the thing that creeped me out a lot. Yes. That eye, that just like, boop. Nope. Back down. Yep. Nope. No, thank you. And then the walls closing in, how scared Chewie is. It was just a lot for me as a three-year-old to take in. Honestly, this is the funniest part of A New Hope is when C-3PO yeah. is saying like, they're, yeah, when they're celebrating, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. It's so, so fun. Much. But that that is another example of like things in my mind that I don't think of when I think of Star Wars. And I'm just like, it's so serious and intense. And then I watch it, I'm like, no, it's fun and awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm and really goofy. hoping that that's what this series is going to be for me. A, a chance to kind of deconstruct Star Wars from what I've built it up to be hey, in my mind. Yeah, 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 and say like, hey, what is this actually? Because I'm hoping that it lends me a new appreciation for maybe a newer installment that I wasn't a huge fan of. Same. Is where I'm going with this. Same. I really, I'm, and I'm going into this, I want that to happen just by the way. I want to get there and go, oh, I get it now. Can't wait. So we'll see sure. what happens. But right now, Obi-Wan's fighting Darth Vader. And it's my super dump. Okay. Yeah. The, this is, it might be a little spicy. I guarantee you it's not. The original lightsaber combat is so unbelievably hey, boring the choreography is so bad it, it is does not awful. hold up well and the original yeah, idea was that lightsabers were incredibly heavy to hold yep and took a lot of effort to swing and was based after uh william wallace's sword i might, might as well be right like that kind of like, like a based, five foot tall so it was based after samurai like combat which is very like your move my move like counter that's uh -huh. it and so it was it, it is just so boring yeah. And it's not even yeah. fighting. No, it's super boring. Yeah. And just watching this, it's like, it's a miracle that I fell in love with this particular aspect of this series when all I knew was this movie. So my job, uh, eagle-eared listeners might know that my job, I've referenced it several times, involves video production. Like right. I'm a full-time video production professional. Yeah. The earliest project I can remember working on, I was maybe nine. Uh was a stop-motion Lego version of this scene from A New Hope. Where the combat was dope. Where they were fighting. Uh, I went in in Microsoft Paint and drew actual like lightsaber blades on my Lego guys. I, for a long time, was oh, really, really stuck on what do I use for the establishing shot of the Death Star. Uh, I used a penny. Yep. The penny was the Death Star and That's zoomed in on awesome, that. And I drew dude. stars in every frame in Microsoft Paint. I really need to try and find that because I'm pretty sure it's on my computer somewhere. That but you awesome. would. I wish you I would. I put my camera up to my little TV in my room and recorded audio from the VHS version of this movie uh, and did a shot-for-shot shot Lego version of this scene. Yes. That fits everything I know about you. Yeah, 100%. When you first said this was your super dump, I was worried. But I totally get that sure. because I felt the same way. Because here's what happens. The end of this fight is my super pump. Yes, I because love we this. talk yeah. about storytelling, we talk about the narrative, we talk about risk, we talk about confidence. The fact that Obi-Wan stops fighting and just disappears when Vader hits him, I don't know if there is a scene that carries more weight to the narrative of this franchise in terms of what, like the, the I don't know, the way that this world works. Right. 
to just let well, himself die to be stronger. Like I think, well, and I think that to me, that is the clearest distillation of the message of the will of the force, because that's yes. a, a phrase that we throw around a lot that we don't really define. And I think that is actually probably one of the core weaknesses of Star Wars as a franchise mm. is that we don't define our terms. So the will of the force, we have to look well, for you it. You know in, how I feel about that. We have to look for it in subtext, right? It's not really very overt. And so in this movie, both in Ben's death and in Luke finally turning off his targeting system, we can understand that the will of the force has something to do with living in harmony with what is happening around you. Right. Yeah. Accepting what is happening and and letting it, uh, like Yoda says in the next one, letting it flow through you, right? And choosing to be a conduit for the things that are happening and to affect them positively, yeah. but to not aggressively resist things that are happening. Yeah, and the fact that it just, again, I was trying so hard to take myself and be like, imagine you're watching it for the first time. How bonkers is that? Right. You just saw, has that ever happened ever? Like you just saw somebody disappear. He's gone. It's just his robes. Even Run Vader, Luke. even Vader is not familiar with this, which this, doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, this has never happened before. So in, in like, I know we talked a lot okay, about like okay. not jumping forward, but there's stuff that we're going to talk about in like six weeks, five weeks. This has never happened before. It's never knowingly happened before in Vader's knowledge. There, there is strong hinting that it has happened before. This, this has actually not happened before. To where like they this version, to where there's no body, because we do see that other Jedi. We have a ceremony there, where there bodies are another, burned. There is another Jedi. There is one other Jedi ever who has been able to commune with people through the Force after death. This has never happened. This is like that Jedi has died and his spirit has lived on. This is the first Jedi that's been like from the Bible. Elijah caught up in a chariot of fire, right, yeah. and did not experience a physical death, right? Yeah, and so yeah, super pump. Like yeah, this, awesome. the fact that this happens. Well, the the little the fact that he knows that Luke is watching looks over to Luke. Okay, you're here. I'm out. That's the thing. That's what I think important to not overlook. He waits until Luke is watching to do this because it serves two purposes. He's stronger as a Force ghost, but also he knows that this is a push that Luke needs. Is he stronger as a Force ghost? Well, that's what he, he says. He says, I can be more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I hope that Vader is not imagining something less than a blue ghost who gives advice. Because that's <laughs> yeah. pretty much what he does. He might as well be the, the paperclip on Microsoft. Exactly. Right? I notice you're trying to do something. <laughs> Need some help? I notice you're it's trying to blast womp rats in Beggar's Canyon. <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, you have to give some some credit for creative license and kind of go along with it, obviously. But I think that the idea is that he can't be in the X-Wing with Luke unless he's dead. He can't, like, help in that. You know what I mean? Like, Well, and I mean, to be clear, like, building off of... I've decided just now it's going to be impossible to talk about this without spoiling a future movie. So if you haven't seen Star Wars, maybe skip ahead 30 seconds. Or about three months. <laughs> That's true also. Knowing what we know about Anakin and part of his descent into the dark side, what his number one thing he was trying to stop was somebody's death. Right. And so Ben, in so doing, in giving up his life and cheating death, becomes more powerful than what Anakin can imagine, what he knows to be real. That's good. Maybe that's what we're supposed to infer with this. I don't know. It, it, it's one of those lines that's like, it's cool, doesn't add up for me. George, yep. if you need help on any future projects, you can reach out to us. George two chunks and a hunk out of the driver's seat. I know, JJ, you too. But. Sounds like a droid. Han, Luke, Leia, they get out of there. They bounce. And they go to Yavin 4, the fourth moon of Yavin. And they My decide, favorite moon of Yavin. Sure. It's, I'm glad it's they chose this location. Fourth in the yeah. count, number one in our hearts, I the think. The first three are so bad. And no. five through a billion, ugh. They're not good at all. Yavin's a big gas giant about the size of Jupiter. And so we get 
this point where they're at the rebel base, they're coming under attack, and they got to go blow up the Death Star, and they know the answer due to the plans delivered to Leia at the very beginning of this movie. Uh, this is my go-to example when I'm explaining story structure, basic three-act story structure to somebody. So the, the hallmark of beginning the third act of your story is that the lines of conflict are very clearly drawn and we know what must be overcome and what must be accomplished right. to defeat the antagonist. This Death Star briefing is exactly that. Like this is, if I were to ever write a curriculum or teach a class, this is the only scene that I would use as an example of we're entering our third act. Sure. Yeah. And let's not overlook uh, uh, all of the fun, like world building that we get here on this rebel base. All the different yeah. yep. aliens, all the different like costumes, all yeah, the different yeah, types yeah, of yeah. people and rebel soldiers. Like that's just awesome. Speaking of soldiers, two checks on the hunk. I've maybe been doing this for a year and a half now. I was trying to think back. Did I start May of, was it May? Summer May of, of for me? May 2018. of 18. That feels yeah, right. I think so. Yeah, so a year and a half. That's crazy. Uh, doing two chunks and uh, uh, being a host on two chunks opened something I didn't know I had in terms of like a critical eye. I never have looked as intently at movies before. Here's what it did for me in this scene. Whoa, there's a bunch of duds that oh, are in this group. big time. So much. Whoa-wee. Like, so much. And this this is also the first time I thought of Mark Hamill as the way of, as, as we've super dumped. It's like I've never thought that he wasn't good. Like, because we are a movie review, right? This sure. isn't a uh, Star Wars fandom podcast. Because sure. that one couldn't last as long as what we want this to last. But like watching that and some of the people just standing. I Like I've talked about before, like you can, you can be a better listener. You can right. act like a better listener than what some of these people have done. But I feel like they were just pulled off. I mean, Callie has said like 10 times in the last two movies of Star Wars that we have watched together, that's got to be somebody's cousin. Like, yeah, for real. It's like that's, they're related to somebody in this yeah. movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to take an aside for that. But this was, there was, I hadn't seen it more than for those that are about to go uh, attack. Yeah. Right. And, was, and in that attack, we actually get some cool characters. We get some of Luke's childhood friends from Tatooine, the ones that he mentioned mm -hmm. to Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru mm -hmm. about how that's what you did last year when they went off and all that yeah. stuff. Chelsea um, had a hard time with this, but I understood it. Okay. In that uh, Luke, and again, we can we can chalk this up to him being maybe one of the stronger Jedi in the galaxy. Sure. Boy, he's picking up on stuff really quick. I've never seen him fly an X-Wing. But well, the the hint is that he's a naturally gifted pilot. So there uh, are so there are what am I supposed to of, understand about spaceship? Flying, that's true. Though. There are right. a lot of ac accusations that Luke is. We've talked on the show before about Mary Sue's. That's a female character who just has everything go right for her all the time, and she doesn't have to trade anything because she's the best. There's been accusations that he's Luke, a Larry Sue, a Marty Stew. Well, and then uh, we get, we get later that so is Anakin, right? Sure, right. But I think the difference is that that with Luke and and granted. It is told to us and not shown, which is, I think, where these accusations gain a footing. Okay. There are several points in this movie where, uh, where like, in the beginning, the first hint we get of this is Obi-Wan saying he was a gifted pilot, much like yourself. And we get these little things of people talking about how Luke's a good pilot. So and he's probably like known so. around Tatooine as, like, a good right. pilot. And he's, like, he's like the Jesse Awuji of right. Tatooine, where it's like, Ooh. you're good at this vehicle. <laughs> so, And if I was to put myself in the situation of, okay, what makes me satisfied? That makes a pretty dumb movie. Like, I don't sure, want to have yeah. a 30-minute montage of him being trained to fly an X-Wing. Sure. Yeah. So it's like, He does pick figure up it pretty out. fast. Yeah. And it, it to me, it's also a little bit of like, man, why are, if this is their one shot to destroy this super weapon, why are they putting this, are they putting this random <laughs> kid on the front line? Sure. Why are they sure. giving him a shot? Why is yeah. he in Red Squadron? That's They're a tight. big deal, yeah. 
Why does he get to be Rev 5? Yeah. So they go on this Death Star attack. Which I do want to say, this, in the original script, the Death Star is stationary. It is not moving to attack Yavin. It is just sitting there. When they shot this movie, the Death Star is stationary. It is not moving to attack Yavin. It is just sitting there. So there is no urgency. There's no time limit to this. Mm. Star Wars was 100% saved in the editing bay. This was the head editor. I don't remember her name. This was her idea to say, hey, the, the station actually needs to be closing in. There needs to be some sort of stakes other than we really want this to happen. Right. I, I Are you talking, did you watch a documentary about this? I don't remember if it was a documentary so or an article. Dillman, my brother-in-law, who we shouted uh-huh. out earlier, said, hey, you're going to really appreciate the OG series more when you watch the documentary about how editing in general saved yes. the original franchise. Absolutely. It's edited really well for what they're working with. And I think that's a testament to creative genius that's real pie in the sky of like, what if we did this? What if we did this? What if we did this? Being surrounded by people who say, hey, this would work really well. Yeah, right. People who are able to take these giant ideas and make them accessible to people. And I think that's spoilers for our discussion in about a month. That's the chief sin of the prequels is that we didn't have somebody willing to say, hey, maybe this would actually be good. Yeah, sure. But we have that here. And it's why this Death Star trench run still holds up 42 years later. So... I've said it a couple times already, but this was also almost my super pump. The <laughs> the Death Star trench run is some of the most compelling action for me in any movie. And the fact Vader's involved. Right. Like that Vader's like back. Vader essentially Thanos is and says, I'll Which do this myself. Already giving it to us. Hey, your dad was great pilot. You know, like they did not know that Vader was Anakin's oh! was Luke's father at this point. No way. They hadn't decided that. Oh, so at the at the That's time this amazing. movie I'm, I'm like, at the time this movie was shot, Obi Wan was telling the truth. Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. Chunky's okay. Here's the thing. Here's a good image for you. It might be for Jordan and I both. But like when Doge starts talking about certain things, I imagine myself sitting on the kindergarten carpeted floor <laughs> with my blocks and my my legs crossed. I'm so condescending to you. No, children. no, no, no. I didn't know what condescension meant when I was five years old. <laughs> So, like, I don't know. I love this. Um, I'm taking offense to this because I feel like I know a lot about Star Wars, too. I don't feel like you know um, as much as Doge does. I definitely don't know as much as Doge. Then if you don't want to be as naive as me, I feel like you maybe feel like I'm you'll the, lose friends from I feel it. like maybe I'm the young TA who's kind of hanging out with the cool teacher You're who's doing willing student to teaching. take me. Yeah. You're doing student teaching. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, But this is Mr. D's classroom. Cool. Yeah, but but the young TA is, like, really cool. And, like, all the lady teachers are like, can we hang out with that young TA? And I'm like, but all taken. The, I'm but taking all the moms them. are like, can I hang out with Mr. Right, D? Right, yeah. Yeah, Mr. D, like, moms love him. Um, what have I done? <laughs> so um, Luke booms the Womp Rats, blows up the Death Star, mm-hmm. and Han comes in, only, saves the day. Yeah, only only succeeding in doing so, though, by trusting in the Force, right. by refusing to try to control the situation and letting the situation flow through him. I, I think that's probably something important to track is like if we establish in this one that the theme of Star Wars is live in harmony with the Force. Yeah, that's important. Then I think we need to track that and see, okay, do we change what it means to follow the will of the Force? Like, do we hold on to that thematic thread throughout the rest of these nine other movies, eight other movies? Yeah. Ten other movies. There's so many Star Wars. There's a bunch of wars. Get excited. And once the Death Star has been exploded... A real good explosion, by the way. Real good explosion. Holds up. Goes on for about 25 minutes. I dig it. Darth Vader spins out of frame and goes, no. That's yeah. true. <laughs> no. And then we get, no, I wish you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Bella, don't touch me. I'm a monster. 
we get the the best medal ceremony in any movie. Chewie deserves a medal. Um, yeah. Chewie deserves a medal. There's also a video where somebody took out all the music. It's amazing. Yeah. You need There's to also look a Star up. Wars comic that Marvel... So I don't know if our readers are aware of this. Since Disney owns Star Wars, Marvel prints Star Wars comics. True. They've just ended a five-year, four-year run of comics that take place in between... Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. They're picking up mm. next year with comics that are between Empire and Jedi. Are they pretty good? Very good. Oh, great. Very incredibly good. And they're canon. So they're, they're really fun and they, they kind of help flesh out that story of how Luke goes from this whiny guy to more of like a confident leader I of mean, the rebellion. He's Commander Skywalker Absolutely. by the time we But one of the first Empire things that Back. happens in this comic run is that Leia gives Chewie a medal. Which Good. felt a little bit like Aww. a Band-Aid after the fact, but That's Chewie okay. super deserves a medal here. That. When else do you need Band-Aids? If you're putting on Band-Aids before the fact... But what if you're you put on paranoid. knee pads so you won't need a Band-Aid? Well, that's a different metaphor entirely, and I wasn't prepared to deal with it. <laughs> so, then we get credits. That's the movie, folks. Hey, there is no falling action after the climax of this movie. Correct. So, in terms of being emblematic of great story structure with our entrance into the third act... We have a really hard time ending our movie, so we just end it. We well, just circle wipe to black. They weren't positive that there would be a follow-up at this point. Absolutely, but still you have to end your story. Something happens, right. right? There's something that happens with our character arcs after they get their medals. Right, but what I'm saying is maybe retroactively we should be thankful that there wasn't something set up that they had to either abandon or chase down so they could tie off the thread. Yep. Yeah, but, that's fair. I feel like we don't we don't yeah. land our characters anywhere meaningful. We, I agree. we land them as if their whole life's goal was to get a medal from Princess Leia in this ceremony, and that's a just, woman that a woman many that they did only not just know met. existed. Exactly. Right. Like we just don't land our characters anywhere meaningful. Right. I agree with that completely. But Luke does get a sweet yellow leather jacket, which I'm very into. He wears it for almost the whole comic run. So read those. Very read them Shall we rate? This movie, if you want. We here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have partnered with the science laboratories on Camino to figure out <laughs> how to rate movies. Sorry, I didn't know where I was going with that when I started it. We all found out together. It's true, and it wasn't great. It's the intergalactic cinema scale, and it is as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that, that poster. poster. After that, it's buy it followed by rent it, and then stream it. After that, it's forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. The Force has forsaken us. Same, same, same. I'd like to go first. Fine. And my answer is to buy it. I'm buying this movie. I'm buying it with my dollars. I love this movie, and I could just go for the rest of the time talking about how much I love it. For me... It's obviously a poster. How do you not buy this poster? If you're going to buy a poster of any movie we've talked about, how is it not 1977 Star Wars? Yeah. Without Star without this movie, I don't think our show would exist. Like none of the movies we've talked about before this would exist without this one. My obsession with movies probably would not exist. 100% because of Star Wars for yeah. me. Yeah. Poster, easy I, poster. I'm going to buy the poster too. And what's tough is like even if it's the first time you've seen it, and you want to make some kind of argument that it's not good or not significant, ah, I think most people are going to think you're wrong. Yeah. You could ask the people that say, well, how many awards did it win? Or was it nominated for that? Sure. If you want to be that stuck up, sure. It won six Oscars. Like, how much money did it make? Well, it, the most that the 70s had 
ever seen. Right. Like, it's just... But name another movie from 77 that's getting a sequel this December. <laughs> right. That's crazy. <laughs> exactly. When did Rambo come out? Good point. That's actually... <laughs> yeah. um, it's, it's a by the poster, absolutely. It is pop culture. It is risk. It is confidence. It is not perfect. Sure. It's Star Wars. Not it's by better a long than, shot. It's better than perfect. It's Star Wars. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of its own scale at this exactly. point. Exactly. So make sure if you want to hear us talk about more Star Wars that you tune in next week as we cover The Empire Strikes Back. I cannot wait. Very, very excited to talk about this one with you guys. Oh, man. It's going to be good stuff. Hey, to end today's episode, I'd like for us each to name a ship in the Star Wars universe. A brand new ship with a brand new name. Prop, like proper name, like Millennium Falcon, yep. or like a, a model name? No, nope, like we're X-Wing. naming it like the Millennium Falcon. Like Perfect. we are a bounty hunter of some sort. Perfect. Flying our own ship. For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and the ship that I'm flying around in is the Hungry Wagon 5. There have been four before it, all destroyed in horrible drive through space accidents. But this one's the hungriest. This is the hungriest. <laughs> I'm Doge, and I'm a bounty hunter, and my ship is green and is shaped like a dagger. And it's called the Jade Interceptor, nice. mostly because I didn't know we were doing joke names. Hey! <laughs> Mine's called the Beta Calf. The Beta Calf is the second uh, in a line of... Uh, Big ships, they're big square ships that drive around and give people their favorite square-shaped pizza, uh, just like the cafeteria used to for me. Yeah, The Beta Calf is there for you if you Second want one. some 2% milk and some pizza and some mac and cheese because everybody's got to eat. Weird that two of them were food. Themed. Hey, it didn't change it based off of yours. You know what they say. Dinner time. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.